Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I believe that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to release the prisoners, to proclaim to all those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, God's judgment over our enemies. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you where my message came from today. About six months ago, last December in 2019, I went to go visit my husband in Sweden. For those of you who know, my husband has been in exile for nine months. And he will come home. Amen? But it's not been easy for me. Possibly the most difficult time of my entire life. And when I was visiting my husband last December, something happened in the first two days that I was there that shook my world upside down. And in the middle of the night, I was with my husband and we were praying to God. And I couldn't find the peace and comfort that I was looking for. God, come and give me comfort, give me peace, give me comfort, give me peace. And as I was laying there, just broken before God, I had a vision. And before me, I saw Jesus Christ standing with his back to me. And I saw him in the clouds, and the light was just coming and filling the room very strong. And I asked Jesus, why is your back to me? And he turned like this to me. And he motioned, and he said, follow me. And I was confused, and I was mesmerized, and I was happy and kind of sad at the same time because I said, Lord, what do you mean follow you? I've been following you. What do you mean? And he said, Brittany, follow me. Do what I do. You've done many great things. I have shown you many great things. But now I want you to follow me and do what I do. And can you imagine the absolute terror and excitement that I had at the same time at hearing this, knowing exactly where I'm at in my situation now, and knowing that there is a part of me that is missing, and God is asking me to follow him even more. I was terrified and excited at the same time. And over the last six months, the Holy Spirit has been taking this message deeper and deeper and deeper into my heart. And I believe that God has given me a word for our church. That this was not just for me. This was just the beginning to get my attention. But this is a word for our church and where I believe that we are at today. So if you can do me a favor and open up your Bible to John chapter 21. I'm going to read out of the NLT version. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Don't worry, I'm not going to read everything. It says this. 
Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out into the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. I want to preface this really quickly that at this point in time, in John chapter 21, Jesus had already called all of the disciples. They had already gone through three years of ministry with Jesus. They had seen everything. And they experienced the death of Jesus Christ. And Jesus warned them and he said, I am coming back, that I will rise again. But in this moment, when Peter and some several other disciples went back to the boat, Jesus had only met them two other times before and they were still confused as what was going on. Even though Jesus had already told them before that I'm going to come back, I will rise again. It was still a confusing time. And Jesus met them here at the boat again. Jumping forward to verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, he said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said to let them know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. What I find really interesting about John chapter 21 is that the same exact thing happened to Peter in Luke chapter 5. When Peter met Jesus for the first time, I found it really funny that the exact same way that Jesus met Peter the first time is the exact way that Jesus Christ met Peter again the second time. The first thing I want to mention today, I have a few points, 
is that history repeats itself. History repeats itself. I want to explain this time to you. The first time that Jesus met Peter, Peter experienced the greatest miracle of his life. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 5 that Peter toiled all night and caught nothing. But at the word of Jesus Christ, he let down his net and he had the largest catch of his life. And it was in that moment that Jesus decided to follow Jesus, or that Peter decided to follow Jesus. And Jesus said to him, don't worry, Peter. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And Peter spent the next three years of his life following Jesus Christ, learning from him, experiencing things that he had never seen before, supernatural miracles that his eyes had yet to experience, that his heart had yet to feel. And in those three years, he became so close to Jesus Christ. So you can imagine how devastating it was when he watched Jesus Christ die on the cross and what it felt like to have Jesus removed to be separated from the other disciples, to not even be able to meet together because of fear of what would happen. For three days. But here we see again that Jesus encounters Peter in the exact same way. And I asked myself, why? Why, Jesus, did you come to Peter in the same exact way? And I felt the word of God on my heart telling me so that Jesus would know that it was really me. So, so that Peter, sorry guys, so that Peter would know that it was really me. But Jesus, when he was speaking to Peter, he didn't tell him anymore that you'll be fishing for people. He commanded Peter, feed my sheep. Point number one is history repeats itself. The first time that Peter met Jesus, it was the beginning of Jesus's ministry. The second time G Peter met Jesus, it was the beginning of Peter's ministry. From that point on, we see in the Acts of the Apostles and other, other books of the New Testament exactly what Peter did. Jesus did, Peter did what he saw Jesus doing. I'm going somewhere with this. Peter did what he saw Jesus doing. He was in a time of his life where Jesus had left, but then he came back. He had the promise from Jesus all along for three years. Jesus was telling his disciples, I am going to die, but I will rise again. But it was in this gray area, in this gray moment, those three days where Jesus was in the grave, that it felt like their whole lives had gotten shattered and something had broken. And I feel like I have a word from the Lord. He has said to me that it has been three months that all of your worlds, the whole world's lives have been turned upside down. And it may feel like I have left. And it may feel like the government is taking over. It may feel like the enemy is having his way, but I want to tell you that I will rise again. And when I come back, that is the true beginning of ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. History has a way of repeating itself. Look at where we are today. Does this not feel like the beginning? Does it not feel like the very beginning?
because we're here in this time of pandemic. It's been three months, almost exactly three months that we've been able to meet together. And people are looking forward to a new normal. You know what I say? It's time for a new beginning. Amen? It's time for a new beginning because the same way that Jesus gave Peter a new beginning. God Almighty wants to do the same for us. He wants to give us a new beginning. But he's giving us a new command at the same time. My point number two is Jesus asks the question. The question is remarkably simple. Do you love me? Do you love me? The first time Jesus asked the question, it was just a question. The second time Jesus asked Peter, it was kind of annoying. The third time Jesus asked Peter, it hurt. The scripture said that Peter was deeply hurt that Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? I believe that Jesus Christ is asking us the same question, church. Do you love me? And here's a promise I want to give to you. He will keep asking you that question until it hurts. Amen? Because there is something greater than what you and I can even understand. There is something that is happening in the atmosphere. There is something in the spiritual realm that you and I may not be able to ascertain at this moment. But God Almighty, who is sovereign, who is omnipresent and omniscient, he knows exactly what's going to happen. So he will ask you the question, do you love me until it hurts? Because number three, discipleship is not an ultimatum. It's an invitation. Following Jesus is not an ultimatum. I'm going to say it again. It's an invitation. As Christians, we often misquote this verse. Jesus is saying, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. But you'll often hear people repeat that same scripture as Jesus saying, if you love me, then feed my sheep. We turn the scripture into an if-then statement. Now the statement is no longer, not, no longer a question. It's an ultimatum. And that statement, if you love me, then feed my sheep, would suggest that Jesus was giving us an ultimatum. And that the only way that you actually can love Jesus is if you feed his sheep. But that's not what the scripture says. Jesus asked the question, do you love me? Why then, why would Jesus not just say, if you love me, then feed my sheep. Put your money where your mouth is. Buck up and let's see you do the work of God. Why doesn't Jesus say that? Because he wants to invite you into discipleship. You can be a Christian and not be a disciple maker. Because feeding God's sheep, being a disciple maker does not determine whether you love God or not. Because there were many people in the Bible who were called, but they didn't follow. But they loved Jesus. They believed in him as their personal Lord and Savior. Now I'm going to get into a subject that might feel a little bit controversial, but bear with me here. You can love Jesus and still not be a disciple maker. 
We see it all the time. Explain how people on their deathbed, when they give their life to Jesus Christ, they made no disciples in their life. In fact, they probably led more people away from Christ, but yet they still have a place in heaven. What I'm talking about is a deeper calling. What I am talking about, the next level that Jesus Christ wants every single one of his disciples to reach to. This is how we're going to reach the world. This is how we're going to reach the nations. And we're getting serious insight into the kingdom of God. We're talking about the kingdom. These are principles of the kingdom of God to make disciples. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Because the question demands an answer. If Jesus were to say, if you love me, then feed my sheep. There's no room for an answer there. It's just a statement. And then you can decide what you want to do. But before you become a disciple maker, Jesus will ask you the question until it hurts so bad. And your answer is yes. Because then you are ready. You are ready for the work of God. We have dreams. God, use me. Do this and do that. But we oftentimes, it's just words. It's just words. But Jesus isn't saying just to go and do this work. He's saying, do you love me? Because that question demands an answer. It's not if you love me, then feed my sheep. If your answer to Jesus Christ today is yes, Jesus is saying, because you love me, feed my sheep. Amen? You can be a Christian and never make disciples, but you cannot be a disciple and never make disciples. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ and not make disciples. The word itself suggests if you are a disciple, you must disciple. If you're not feeding God's sheep, if you're not giving of yourself, and I'll get more into this in just a minute, but if you're not doing that, then are you really a disciple of Christ? You can be a Christian, but are you a disciple? Because Christianity is not about the work we do. It's about the relationship we maintain and the atmosphere that flows out of that relationship. When you walk into a room, do people see Jesus Christ in you? When you walk into a room, is the presence of God with you? Jesus told Peter, because you love me, feed my sheep. Christianity, true Christianity, begins with a deep love for God. We have an amazing opportunity in our church. When Jesus met Peter at the boat, it was, Jesus had died for three days and risen again. Here we are. We've been buried in the ground for three months. But our church is rising up again. And it's time for a new beginning I want to tell you the difference between Luke chapter 5 and John 21. The first time that Jesus met Peter, he told him, I will make you a fisher of men. 
And he used the example of fish in winning souls. The second time Jesus met Peter, he said, feed my sheep. And he was speaking of discipleship. Making disciples. Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, my point number four, there is a contrast between fish and lambs. Fish represent the masses. Lambs represent the individual. Fish represent multiplication. Lambs represent sacrifice. Fish do not need to be taken care of. Sheep do. Jesus is giving us the second part of the greatest commission. Feed my sheep. Because you love me, feed my sheep. That's why in Luke chapter 14, Jesus says that you should count the cost of being disciple. Because when you first started following me, it was fun. It was great. You saw masses. You saw healings, deliverance, salvations, people raising from the dead, lepers being cleansed. And I wanted you to see that because I want you to see what is possible for you. But in that moment, you were following the ministry of Jesus. But the second time you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, and it always comes in a moment of suffering. It always comes in a time when your life has been turned upside down. And we as the church, our entire world has been turned upside down. But the Spirit of God is saying, do you love me? Are you ready for what I'm about to do? Are you ready for the second step? Are you ready for the next level of ministry? Because Jesus is telling us this entire time you have been following my ministry, but now is the time that I am giving you your ministry. Now is the time for you to rise up. Now is the time for you to feed my sheep. And maybe some of you are in this room today and you're saying, I don't have any words to say. Who am I to be able to do this? I have good news for you. The disciples were not sent out the moment that they were called. They had three years of training. They had three years of following Jesus, the greatest example that there could ever be. They learned from him. They practiced ministry. They were personally mentored by Jesus before they ever went to go and do the same. And that is exactly why we have growth track in our church. It starts with joining a life group, getting a mentor, and being discipled, being ready, following somebody who is further along in the faith than you are, and learning from them, learning the ways of God from them. If you feel like you don't understand what is in this Bible, you need the Holy Spirit and a mentor. Amen? You need somebody to teach you what is in this word. Yes, you can have revelation from God, but I believe that God uses discipleship to grow his people, to teach his people. If you look in the Bible, the disciples had Jesus. 
David had Samuel. Samuel had Eli. Elisha had Elijah. God uses the principle of disciples, uh, discipleship to grow his people, to build his church, and ultimately to build the kingdom of God. You can't do this alone. You absolutely have to get connected. If you're overwhelmed by the, the commission of Jesus that says, I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Well, you better pull up your bootstraps because the next step is taking care of his people. It's feeding his sheep. We are all called to do this. This is the next level. I believe this is the next level of anointing that God wants to give to our church as a, as a foundation for where he is taking the entire body of Christ. Because we have learned through these last three months that community is more important than anything. I hope and I pray that you hear the calling of God today. I hope and I pray that you hear the question from Jesus Christ today saying, do you love me? And I pray that God will give you the grace to say yes. Because the moment you say yes, you will be see doors begin to open. Challenges will come. Yes, that's for sure. But doors will begin to open in ways that you have never seen before. When Jesus met Peter at the boat the second time, his entire ministry began. Peter, who was just as, as faulted as any one of us, just as flawed, he said things that he wasn't supposed to say. He denied Jesus Christ for heaven's sake. And yet, Peter was arguably one of the greatest apostles that ever walked this land. Why? Because his relationship with God, his Christianity began with a deep love for God. Because he loved God, he fed God's sheep. Amen? If you say that I'm not ready... I don't know what to do. We have life groups. We have discipleship. That's why we have destiny training because you cannot become a disciple maker without it. So don't think, I, I don't know if I can do this. We have all of that. Everything is coming in just the next coming weeks. Don't be afraid. God will equip you. He will not send you out without first equipping you. Don't be afraid. This is the next level. This is that deeper level. And if you're wondering, what will I tell the people? What will I say? God is telling you today, feed them my word. Tell them what's in here. Let them know the good news. You don't have to be on the stage. You don't have to have this amazing gift of preaching and speaking to be able to be a disciple maker. You just have to be available. You just have to be ready. You just have to be in love with your Savior. Because out of your love for God will flow the greatest ministry you have ever seen in your life. Amen. I want to give you one example, and I'm going to wrap this up. My sister is in this room today. She is the best example. I'm not going to cry. 
She is the best example of what it means to be a disciple maker. Have you ever seen her on this stage? No? But she loves Jesus. And it shows in her everyday life, in the people who come in contact with her. If any of you know my sister Stephanie, you will feel the love that she has for Jesus. She takes care of his sheep. She takes care of people, raises them up. She doesn't care where they've come from or where they've been, but she just loves them. She just loves them. And it's inspiring to me. I may be up here with the mic, but I'm inspired by my own sister who does a better job than I could ever even do. Because the answer to this question, do you love me, is yes. And your response to God means everything. It means everything. Your response to God today is the separating factor of Christians and disciple makers. I pray that God Almighty will give you the grace and the strength to say yes to him today. If you find yourself in a similar situation that you've been in before when you first met Jesus, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Because Jesus is using that opportunity of history repeating itself to get your attention, to give you the next level of anointing. If you guys could stand, we're going to pray. There are many of us who might be here in this room or watching us online. And this message is, is speaking directly to your heart. If Jesus is asking you the question, do you love me? I pray that this will be a moment of surrender. I pray that God will give you the grace to say yes. I wanna take a moment right now, and if that's you, and you are ready to say yes to the greatest question that Jesus Christ may ever ask you, I'm not gonna ask you to lift up your hands, but I am gonna ask you to bow your head and lift your hands to Jesus. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for every single person who is in this room, who is hearing the question that you are asking today, do you love me? God, I pray that you will anoint their hearts let the fire of your Holy Spirit fall upon them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will strengthen them right now, God, as you are equipping them, Lord, to feed your sheep. For every single one of us in here who have already said yes, I pray that you will strengthen them all the more during this time. I thank you, God, that you have created for us a new beginning. I pray that you will anoint them right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And I want to take this next opportunity that if you do not know Jesus Christ, maybe all of this is brand new to you. You came to church today because you've been suffering these last three months and trying to decide and wonder what's been going on. 
and you've realized that there's something missing. And like Peter, the first time, as he was casting out his nets, you found that your net kept coming back empty and something was missing in your life. And if you do not know Jesus Christ, whether you're in this room or if you're watching us online, I want you to raise your hand if that's you. If you're watching online and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, then I want you to go to hungrygen.com VIP. And we, we have somebody who will pray for you and pray with you. If you do not know Jesus Christ in this place today, I want you to lift up your hands and we'll pray for you. Amen. The church is in the house today. The church is in the house today. question do you love Jesus a few of you said yes a few of you love Jesus do you love Jesus I'm gonna say it again until it hurts do you love Jesus hallelujah and it's time to feed his sheep it's time right now the time is now this is the new beginning amen god is giving our ministry a new beginning he is setting us out and setting us forth he is giving us the grace so don't be afraid god will equip you god will send you out he will give you all that you need to be able to feed his sheep amen hey guys i hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.